Well, I'm going to ask if you will to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8 and 34. Now, I am following uh, what you are going through in your Sunday morning Bible study classes, or some of you are following along at home with the books, with yourself or your family. And we are in the series, Simplicity, Finding Contentment in a Busy Life. Finding Contentment in a Busy Life. And today's message speaks about a daily pursuit. And so I chose this scripture for this morning, and it's from Proverbs 8, verse 34. And if you are physically able, I would invite you to stand with me in honor and reverence of the reading of God's holy word today. This is Lady Wisdom, so to speak, speaking out to us. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word today. Thank you, and you may be seated. Lady Wisdom in Proverbs calls out, and she invites all to listen to her, to find life in her words. Blessed or happy. Full of joy is the one that listens to me. And then the words watching daily at my gates. In ancient biblical times, at the gate is, was a very important place for each city because that is where the leaders and the magistrates and the judges gathered each day to hear cases and to share wisdom And so people gathered at the gates to hear the leaders speak. And that's what uh, the writer of this proverb is saying. Gather at the gates to hear the wisdom of your leader, the Lord God Jehovah. And also in verse 34, Blessed is the one, joyful, happy, who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, daily notice. And then... She speaks, waiting beside my doors. Waiting beside my doors. Now, girls, uh, ladies, you might be annoyed when boys text you. And, uh, but you can imagine in those days when there were no texts, the boys would just wait at your doors. So that was even more so annoying. Amen? But that is, that is what the writer is giving here. Somebody that is wanting to court this beautiful lady, and he's waiting beside her door to speak to her. And so we hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us, calling us to listen to him, to daily gather at his gates, if you will, to hear from him, and to wait at his door as if we are courting a fine young lady or a fine young man. We are to court the presence of the Lord as well. And this is not a weekly happening, a yearly happening, but this is a daily happening in the life of those who say they know the Lord as their Savior. A famous Polish pianist once said, when I miss a day of practice, I can always tell it. If I miss two days, the critics will pick it up. If I miss three days, the audience will notice it. Beloved, we do live busy lives, busier lives than probably uh, any generation before us. Let me say this, 
I don't know if it's any busier, but it is, we have more background noise in today's life than probably we've ever had. Those before us were busy and worked very hard, but they didn't have as much background noise stealing our attention and our affections, I think, like we do today. We do live busy lives, but beloved, when we do not daily pursue and commune with our Lord through prayer and reading of the Scripture, we can tell it eventually. We can tell it in our level of contentment in our life. But secondly, our critics will notice it. Those who know that we claim to be children of God. If we are discontented, they will notice it as well when we miss fellowship and communion with the Lord. But also a watching world notices those that claim to know Christ but don't spend time with Him. It is noticeable in our lives, in how we walk and how we talk and how we behave when we do not practice the pursuit of God each day. But the saddest part is that we miss the call of Christ to come away to Him, to speak to Him, to listen to His voice. And God is a God that pursues us. We think of in that Garden of Eden, how God pursued Adam and Eve. Even after they had sinned, He came to them in the cool of the day, but they were hiding. We have a God that loves us and desires to speak to us, desires for us to know Him and to enjoy His presence each day in our life. And today I pray that we will be renewed Renewed in a daily pursuit with the God that loves us and desires for us to hear from Him. Let's pray. Father, today, as we come to this time, as we open Your Word, may You speak to us through it. And Lord, that You might Pour your anointing upon me and stand beside me and speak to your people through me. Lord, as we have so many voices biting for our attention, help us, O oh Lord, for a few moments to push them all aside and to gaze spiritually upon you to fix our eyes upon you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, have your will and your way in the rest of this service and add to your kingdom, Lord, and strengthen the Christian. In Christ's name, amen. William Wilberforce, a name a few of you might be familiar with, he was a British Christian politician and that was instrumental in leading the movement to abolish the slave trade in the 19th century, said this, I must secure more time for private devotions. I've been living far too public for me. And he said this, the shortening of private devotions starves the soul. The shortening of private devotions starves the soul. 
Life is busy, as I said. But when we are so busy that we do not commune with the Lord, there are several things that we lose. There are things that we lose that in turn destroy our contentment in life. And that is our theme in this series. Finding contentment in a busy life. When we do not take time to spend time with the Lord, there are things we lose. I wrote down four things. There are more, but I wrote down four things. One, we lose our passion for living the Christian life. We lose our passion for Jesus Christ. We become lukewarm in our relationship with the Lord. It starves the soul, and we are more passionate about worldly things than we are about loving the Lord and serving the Lord and enjoying the Lord as He so wishes. Not only do we lose passion, but when we shorten our devotion, so to speak, or do not spend time to fellowship and commune with the Lord through prayer and reading of His Word, we also lose power. We lose power in our Christian life. And again, we start to depend upon uh, false fuels that might seem good for a while, but there again, eventually, they leave us empty and depleted and starving for something to truly fill and quench the thirst in our soul. Not only do we lose passion and power, but we lose peace. We lose peace in this life. And I'm not just saying that uh, a peace that comes when nothing's wrong, but a peace that comes from heaven that the world cannot give and the world cannot take it away. It is a peace beyond our understanding because it comes from heaven. And though all hell is coming against us, when we are communing and fellowshipping with the Lord and loving His presence and enjoying His presence and speaking to Him and listening for His voice as well in our lives, we can have peace in our souls, even though our bodies might be racked with pain. Not only do we lose passion and power and peace, but we also lose purpose in life. We forget while we were here that God knew us before the heavens and the earth were formed. That God knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. And He has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. And we begin to try to find purpose in the things of the world and in the people of the world. I want to tell you, you can, I just thought you could score yourself on those four if you just put a one through five, one being the least and five being the most. And with four, uh, you know, you could add up your total and rank yourself and see, do I have passion for Jesus Christ and the things of the kingdom of God? What does my power look like? Am I strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Do I have peace in my life? Do I understand my purpose in this life to know God and to enjoy his presence, not only in this time, but forever, forever in eternity in heaven? I was just thinking that there's nothing more sad or a worse representation of one who claims a Christian to be a Christian 
no worse advertisement for Jesus Christ in the kingdom when there is a Christian that has no passion for the Lord and his church. When there is a Christian that has no power. When there's a Christian that has no peace. And when there's a Christian that is living with no purpose in life. Lack of these make for a discontented life. And as we see with the, as we heard with the famous Polish pianist, people notice. People notice when Alan Livingood is discontented. People notice when I claim to be a Christian and a pastor when I have no passion in my life for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the things of his kingdom and church. People notice when I have no power to live in this life, the strength that comes from heaven. People notice when I have no peace. People notice when I'm living with no purpose in life. People notice these things. The lack of these, as I said, makes for a discontented life. And too many Christians today are discontented with their life. But all of these things, passion, power, peace, and purpose in life, can be ours when we have a daily pursuit of Christ. When we are daily pursuing to spend time with Jesus Christ. George Mueller was a Christian from long ago, not only a pastor, but a beginner and a manager of orphanages. What an extraordinary Christian life George Mueller lived. And for your devotion times, one thing I would recommend is order a copy of George Mueller's biography. And in the, he writes many of his prayers and the thousands of prayers that he had answered in his life and ministry. There is a story about George Mueller's life in which he was visiting his brother in Plymouth, and his brother much impressed him with a thought. His brother was referring to the sacrifices in the Old Testament in Leviticus, and his brother talked to him about only the best of the animal was offered at the altar. Only the choicest fat and meat was offered as a sacrifice at the altar. And so his brother went on to say, so the choicest of our time and strength, the best parts of our day should be especially given to the Lord in worship and communion. George Mueller meditated much on this, and he determined even at the risk of damage and bodily health that he would no longer spend his best hours in bed. Henceforth, he allowed himself but seven hours sleep, which is still more than probably most of us are getting today. And he also gave up his after-dinner rest. He went on to early rising and secured long periods of time of uninterrupted interviews with God in prayer and meditation of the Scriptures before breakfast and the various interruptions would begin in his life, and he had many. And to his spiritual life, he noticed a new vitality as he committed his life to spend more time in meditation and prayer with the Lord. He experienced a new vigor that occurred from the waiting upon God instead of laying in bed. And it continued the habit all throughout his life. 
that he would rise early, and that throughout the day he would also take other times, even in the midst of all of his other duties as a pastor and running the orphanages there in London, that he would take time to spend time with God. And he actually noticed that he felt better and not worse, more energized. George Mueller was a man that had passion for Jesus Christ and reaching out to others to show the love of Christ. He was a man that had power in his life. He was a man that experienced peace in his life. He was a man that understood his purpose in life as well. Beloved, again, our theme is finding contentment in a busy world. I know that you're busy. And there are some people who think the preacher is so out of touch with with your daily lives. I want to remind you, I too have worked public jobs. And I understand the challenges that you have in busy days and in public arenas and public jobs to find time to commune and worship and fellowship with your Lord, your God. I too worked that public job for years. And it is challenging at times. Not all of you do have a couple of hours in the morning as pastors and missionaries and different people, ministers and evangelists to spend that time in prayer and devotion. Nor do I think you are as called as I am to make sure that we are rightly dividing the word of truth to the extent that that calling has been placed upon my life. But I do want to say this, that even in your busy life, even in your work life, you are called to commune and fellowship with God. And when you do not, you will see a lack of passion and power and peace and purpose in life. You must make your life devotional, whether it be on the way to work, and you maybe don't turn the radio on. There are times even in my life where I'm listening to the radio and some of it's even good Christian music or gospel music. And I just sense the Holy Spirit telling me, just turn that off and talk and listen to me. Maybe it's on your ride to work that you need to spend that time at your lunch to steal away and read of God's word and to spend a moment in prayer on the ride home from work, in the evenings or in the mornings before work. I know that you are busy, but this is what's at stake is your contentment as a child of God. It is your passion for life. It is your power, your peace in finding your purpose in life. We cannot continually give. And many of us spend a lot of time giving to others. We cannot continually give, but we must also take time to receive from the Lord. If you do not take time to receive from the Lord and to feed your soul with communion with the Lord, then, as William Wilberforce said, you begin to starve the soul. You become discontented in your life. And then you are unable to give unto others And unto God your very best. We must take time to receive from the Lord or else it's like trying to use a phone in which the battery is dead. And especially in our times, that is an aggravating thing. Matter of fact, we're more terrified if our phone is on low battery than if they told us 
another bomb was coming to hit our area or something, you know? And so it is like that in our spiritual walk when we do not spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ in communion and worship. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 15 and 16, I love these little, if you will, short sentences about Jesus Christ. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, But now even more, the report about him, speaking of Jesus Christ, went abroad. He was doing all these mighty works and these miracles. And the name of Jesus was being spread abroad. And it said, And great crowds gathered to hear him. Now what would be more important than hearing the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, teach and to teach of the kingdom. But they were coming to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. What could be more important than that? But yet Jesus teaches us with his life. In verse 16 it says, in light of all that we just read, But he would withdraw. This was something he continually did in his life. Even when there was many or hundreds or at times thousands gathering around him to hear him speak, to feel his touch, to be healed by the power of heaven, he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. You know, I'm amazed, brothers and sisters, we would think that the main goal, even if we are serious in our Christian life, is to always be around people, is to always be helping others, even if we are serious, to always be teaching, to always be feeding. And yet Jesus himself teaches us an important truth, that even Jesus himself, the Son of God, would detach himself from people to attach himself to the Heavenly Father. And there he would continue to have the fire of the passion for why he came burn in his very soul. There he found power as he would go back to the people to teach them and to bring healing into their life. There, as the man of sorrows found peace in his heart. And there he was always reminded of his purpose of his short time upon walking upon this earth and by the seashores of Galilee and beyond. We cannot continually give, but we must also steal away to receive and to be fueled and fed by the Lord our God. We must take time to disconnect ourselves from others, to disconnect from the world, to disconnect from social media, and to connect ourselves to God, or else our soul starves, and we find a loss of, yes, passion, power, peace, and purpose in life. Jesus is a great example to us. You've heard it said before, I've said it, and I'll say it again today. If Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, understood and needed this time to steal away and to detach from the crowds, and attached to his father. How much more does Alan Living Good need that in my life? How dare I think that I don't need what Jesus Christ desired and needed in his life? 
How much more do I need to experience the touch of God? How much more do I need my passion ignited for the gospel and the sake of the kingdom? How much more do I need the power of heaven to fill my life for to face the difficulties and challenges of life? How much more do I need peace in the midst of my storms and troubles? How much more do I need to be reminded of my purpose in life? Jesus is a great example, but beloved, Jesus is more than just an example. Because Jesus is more, was more and is more than just a good man that died upon a cross. But he was the Savior that died upon the cross. And not only that, he bore our sins. That our relationship with Almighty God, a holy and righteous God, could be restored and we could find healing. So not only is Jesus our great example, but Jesus is the great bridge to the Father. With that cross and that empty tomb, he built a bridge between in the great chasm that was between myself, you, and God Almighty. He built a bridge with that cross that I could walk across and be in a right relationship with my Creator and my Redeemer. Not only is Jesus our great example, and not only is Jesus the great bridge to the Father, but we are told in the Scriptures that Jesus is our great High Priest. He is our great High Priest in the throne room of heaven, hearing our prayers and communing with us, and through the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, speaking to us as we sit in silence, as we pray, as we open the Word of God, and meditate upon it and allow him to speak to us. He speaks to us when we come to him. He speaks to us when we spend time with him. He nourishes our soul that our soul might not starve and that our life would not be discontented. Beloved, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, our great example, this great bridge builder, this great high priest in which we need no other priest is tenderly calling us today to steal away from the world and have a daily pursuit to commune with Him, to fellowship with Him, that we might find passion for life and for Jesus Christ and the kingdom and heaven. He calls us away in the invitation, come unto me, that we might find power and strength for our daily life in the midst of our challenges and our failures and our hurts and our pains. Jesus Christ tenderly calls us today to find peace in Him and in Him alone. And though the winds bash against our life and at times our lives are tossed to and fro, we can have the peace that comes from heaven. In the scripture in your Bible study, the Apostle Paul talked about having the peace that goes beyond understanding. The peace of God that will comfort your heart. But he also teaches that we must pursue him and go to him and find him and spend time with him in living a devotional life. Jesus is tenderly calling us today to find purpose in life. 
Michael Phelps, the greatest gold medal winner in Olympic history, found himself at rock bottom, texted his trainer that he did not even want to live. His body had been racked with the addiction of alcohol. He had lost his joy. His whole world was in that one lane of swimming. And he felt that it had come to an end. Under the guidance of friends and family, he checked himself into uh, an addiction house. While he was there, a well-known football player brought him, an NFL football player brought him a copy of Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. Michael Phelps read that book and it changed his life in many ways. He went back to win more gold medals, but you can see a change in Michael Phelps from before that to after he read The Purpose Driven Life. Before he would keep headphones on, he didn't speak much to his teammates, even at the Olympics. He was so focused on that track, that lane of water. And when he did not find joy in it, he thought there was no joy to be had in life. After that, when Michael Phelps came back to win more gold medals, you see him cheering on his teammates. You see, he had found a purpose in life. Beloved, I ask you today, do you have purpose in life? Do you have peace in your life? Do you find power from the Lord to continue on at even at times in this difficult journey that we call life? And do you have a passion for Jesus Christ and His kingdom and His church? Do you have a daily pursuit to spend time with Jesus Christ? If not, Jesus is tenderly calling you today. Calling you home. Calling today. As the old hymn says, why from the sunshine of love Will you roam farther and farther away? Today, possibly you're a Christian and this is a daily battle to have a daily pursuit for Christ and you realize that even as a child of God, you're secure in your relationship with Christ, but you have little passion, little power, little peace, little purpose. Today, Jesus is calling you home. And would you come home to Him? Would you ask Him to forgive you? And He will because He is faithful and just to do so as the Scriptures teach. You have not gone too far that His love and His arm cannot reach you today, brother and sister. He can bring you out of the depths of the mud and the muck and the mire and set your feet upon the rock, the rock Himself, Jesus Christ. Would you have your passion reignited? Would you find peace? Would you find purpose? And would you find power? Jesus Christ invites you to come today where you're at to call out to Him. Jesus! 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 Fill my life again with love for You. Help me, O Lord, to pursue You daily and to find contentment in this life. Set and fix my eyes upon you, Jesus, 
and my heavenly home and to labor for it with great purpose. Heavenly Father, today, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would sweep through our hearts and souls. And Lord, that a fire would spark and that it would burn brightly. Lord, that you would fill your people again with passion and peace and power and purpose. And Lord, for that lost soul here today that might be trying to find fuel for their life in other areas, but their soul is starving. Would your Holy Spirit come upon them today and let them see that only true life is found in you. Draw them into yourself, Lord. Draw them into the throne of grace and let them be saved today. Have your will and be done and your way accomplished in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.